to our Super Inspector Training Academy podcast, Super Spotlight, where we discuss all things related to the inspection industry and bring in special guests. We're glad you're with us. So welcome to another edition of SIDA Super Spotlight, our podcast where we talk about things in the inspection industry and uh, the relationships in terms of people that are involved in it and requirements and so forth. Starting a series on customer-centered inspection services, and our topic today is client-oriented call centers. And so we have a special guest with us, Katie, who's director of, of the call center at Super Inspector. So it's great to have you today, Katie. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So just tell us a little bit how you found your way to Super Inspector, first of all. <laughs> well, that depends on how much time we have. <laughs> I could be here for a while. So Blake and Angela, our owners of Super Inspector, have um, been friends of my parents for many years. I actually went to school with their eldest daughter, Delta. So we like to joke that we've been best friends since fifth grade, more than half our lives now. And through that journey, I remember being in college and Delta always telling me that, man, her mom and dad, they really needed help with phones and you know, I was in college getting my degree in history and really wanted to focus on that. I had no desire to answer phones for a little home inspection company. And then after college, I, I kind of spent a couple of years doing the history thing and, and getting to know that world. And to put it kind of short and sweet, I really just needed to make more money. And Blake and Angela were offering me more. So then I decided to join the super inspector team in their client care center. I was just a rep when I first started mm -hmm. and I was in that position for probably eight months. And then I transitioned to our super concierge team and then um, the pandemic hit. And like most of us, our life was uprooted and changed. And through that, I got an opportunity to move back over to the client care center in a leadership position and manage the client care team. And at first it was supposed to be just a quick six month stint. We just want you to move over, build the call center, and then you can go back to the concierge team and build that one up. Well, uh, it's been about two and a half years and I've taken our call center. I won't say I, there's been a lot of help along mm -hmm. the way, but we've taken our call center from three people, including myself, to now we have a team of 10. In just two and a half years, we went from having an accuracy rate of like 11% to now 95%. Our call close rate was abysmal. I don't even know what it was because I don't think we were even tracking it. Um, and now we're consistently at 90%. So I've seen a lot of growth and I'm just so thankful for Delta continuing to reach out to me and continuing to to um, bring up Super Inspector as an option for a career, um, mm -hmm. because now almost four years in, I can't, I can't imagine being anywhere else. So that's neat. I know at Super Inspector, a lot of times they're trying to find for the people the right seat on the bus. And so if you're mm -hmm. exhibiting certain talents or skills, or you have certain desires to want to ascend to certain positions, they'll try and help make that happen, provide that opportunity. So that's neat to hear your journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, to where you are now. So what are your kind of current responsibilities? What's your title and your current responsibilities? So I guess my title would be client care leader or client care manager. I like client care leader better. So I manage the day-to-day -day operations of our super inspector client care center. So everything from that initial phone call 
quoting and booking the inspection to coordinating um, the logistics, any extra services that need to be added. I also work with the team to create scoreboards and track KPIs for our performance. And really what's, I would say the most important thing I do is I develop my people mm-hmm. to where now they are creating goals for themselves. And when I tell them what the team goal is, they're the ones that figure out how it's going to get done and how we're going to implement it, which is really cool to see. So I do one-on-ones with them every week. And then we have a weekly big meeting. And just through consistency with that, now our entire team is able to pitch in and help achieve the goals that we have. That is so cool. So there's what we're really kind of talking about today is about all that fits in perfectly about kind of the customer center or, you know, nature of it. But I want to go back one second. You said... Um, I'd rather be called leader than manager. And then you kind of thought about that for a while. I can see it in your eyes when you're thinking about it. Let's dig into that a little bit because I think it relates to customer service, I'm, I'm sensing, right? Mm-hmm. So rather than being a kind of authoritarian type position or hierarchical, you'd rather be more team oriented. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? What, tell me a little more in your mind what was going on when you were thinking that. I think I relate it to. Um, Every time that I've had a manager, it was so limiting for me as an employee of theirs. To me, it didn't feel like they were really building me up as an individual um, or developing my skills. It was so much of, I'm telling you, this is what you need to do. Get it done. I don't don't really care what you have to say. If you have ideas that's going to make the process better, I don't care. I just want it to get done. And I've also, I've had managers in the past where... It made working, coming into work every day, very difficult. You know, you felt like you were being looked at for everything that you did. And, you know, our mission at Super Inspector is to provide opportunity. And I feel like I can't provide opportunity if I'm a manager, but I can provide opportunity if I'm a leader, because then the goal isn't just about me. I'm only as successful as my team if I'm a good leader. You can be a leader and, and not care about your team. I don't know how successful you'll be. But yeah, if I'm a good leader, then I'm fulfilling our mission here at Super Inspector and I'm providing opportunity for my team. And then the performance of my team is going to show up with how well I'm doing. Right. Okay. That's awesome. So how important do you think it is to treat your team the same way you expect your team to treat customers? That's a great question. So one thing that we practice in the Client Care Center is whenever my team member asks me a question, I always respond with another question to get them to think. And the the first thing to think of that I always ask them is, what's going to be right for the client? What do you think the client wants most in this scenario? Because one of our values is always offering assistance. A lot of the times when you call a call center, it just seems like they are just trying to do everything they can to not help you. And if we can keep that that value at, we're always going to assist someone, no matter what the, the demand is. So I try to take that approach in my leadership and how I communicate with my team is I'm there to always offer them assistance. But offering them assistance doesn't always mean I'm going to give them exactly what they want because there could be a better solution. Just like with clients, they might think, oh, I just need I just need to get it, need to get this done now. And I need a huge discount and I need all of these demands met when the best solution for them might not be that. So it's kind of up to us to explain to them what the what the options are. Awesome. 
So then uh, let's get into that because you mentioned values, right? So let's talk more about that because a, a call center uh, or a client care center, however you want to characterize it, is trying to, it's really a nerve center, right, of an inspection company. Everything has to pass through you. If you guys can't make it work, it's going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm. The company's going to have a hard time succeeding. But so you're providing a service, right, not only for people, but for the company. So what are some of those values? What are the customer service kind of principles that you use in your team? Mm-hmm. And then how does that, how do those relate secondarily to the overall company values? I'm glad that you asked that question because at first it was kind of challenging me for, to, for me to figure out values for the client care center that were different than our company values because our company values of a yes mindset, taking responsibility, doing right by the client, all of those transition very well and very easily to a client care center. But I think what's missing is the connection piece. So when we came up with our values, that's really what I wanted to focus on because call centers, when you hear that word, it just sounds cold. Mm-hmm. And so our values are live by the golden rule. So do unto others as you would have them do to you. Mm-hmm. A good reminder when you might be dealing with a difficult client, just keeping that in the back of your thoughts. Um, Another one is making a connection. Um, So it's not just a phone call. You're not just taking an order, but there should be at least one, if not many, if you're really listening to a call, many opportunities to make a connection with the person. And that's what I feel like really sets us apart. It takes us from the gold standard of customer service to super standard of customer service, because I can be so professional and prompt when I'm taking your order, but If I ask you about, oh, you're moving to this town? Hey, that's where I'm from. Every September, they do this celebration. You have got to go. It just makes people feel like they're they're seen. And that is a good experience for people to give to a client. I can imagine that's helpful because, I mean, buying a home is a very stressful time in someone's life. So I'm sure there's a whole range of emotions when they call in that they got going on. Yeah, and to be able to take a client who is stressed out, freaking out at the beginning of the call and at the end of the call, you can just hear in their voice that some of that stress has been taken away a little bit. That's an awesome feeling. And that's what we try to do. So what is your kind of mission then? What are you trying to do in the call center? Someone sits down at the, at their workstation. What do you want them thinking? Mm-hmm. All right. What's, what is, what's the call center doing best when it's at its best? Mm-hmm. So Again, the mission of Super Inspector was really great. So I, I kind of took from that to create the mission for our call center, which is to provide opportunity through exceptional customer service to all in need. The most important part of that for me is the opportunity piece. I love um, the idea that opportunities give life purpose and purpose is what makes life worth living. And it doesn't need to be this grandiose idea. You can give someone opportunities for purpose in their life in such a small way, like even asking, hey, Jeff, can you get me a coffee? Because I know you have a servant's heart. So <laughs> you getting me a coffee is giving you a, a, a purpose in life. Does that, it sounds, yeah, it absolutely. might sound silly. So whenever we're on a call with a client, that's really what I want to focus on. What is the opportunity that we can give this client so that it gives purpose to their life? Right. Awesome. Because you're also creating massive opportunity in their life. They're getting ready to buy a home mm-hmm. that they're going to raise a family in and all of that life journey coming from that point forward, right? It's mm-hmm. all shaped by that. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. That's really neat. So what would then, what would be, 
the difference to say between a dedicated call center, so a company, especially company that has a call center that's their team members, versus a third party or a virtual assistant call center. Not that those we're not saying throwing shade on those, we're just saying what's the what's the difference you think? The first thing that comes to my mind is just the culture that you can build when it is your own people. There's there's more time and more consistency that goes into having your own client care center because you really have to build that mindset and that culture over weeks and weeks and months and months and quarters and quarters and even years. But once you get there, and I would consider my team right now in a in a performing stage, they're really meshing well. Mm-hmm. Once you get there, it is just remarkable um the their performance and the attitude that they have and how happy they are when they come in, which I haven't worked a lot with I haven't worked in any capacity with a virtual assistant or even a third party um, call center, but I would imagine that it would be very difficult to build culture and um, relay your values Mm -hmm. to people that, that don't work with your company. Right. So um, you mentioned people and the culture, what type of people are you looking for to work in a call center? I'm a little confident here, but I, I can read people really well. And the retention with our call center is is very good. Is the retention a normal call center? Like it's, it's, it's just over, oh, over, yeah, over, all right? the time. You're constantly losing people. And yeah, that's another thing. When you when you don't have that retention, it's really hard to hit high performance numbers because you're constantly training. And really, skills aside, I, I firmly believe that skills can be taught. Behavior and character can't. That being said, though, I've I've hired a couple of people that are in their teens, their first job right, you know, during high school or right out of high school, where their character isn't completely developed yet, and they still have been great hires. But when I'm talking to them, I want to get the sense of I'm talking with a friend or I'm talking to someone that I can talk to for hours, someone that's just friendly and and well-mannered and, and easy to talk to. There's one girl on my team in particular that she just was so vibrant during her interviews. And it was in the most genuine way. She wasn't putting on a front at all. Like this was truly her. And I knew instantly after that first interview that she was the, the perfect person on our team. So I would say in a hiring capacity, you really trust your gut, but you've got to practice some mindfulness and, and really understand what are those key things, those key qualities that people exhibit in an interview that really can't be faked? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a genuine warmth about them, a positive mental attitude. Those are really hard to, to fake. So if you feel that with someone that you're interviewing, really hold on to that and then just ask them follow-up questions and see if they show up consistently, consistently over the next couple interviews you have with them. So I'm imagining in a customer service-oriented way, I mean... Once you get into the training of that individual and say you're working through scripts, if their character is true to who they are, that's going to shine through no matter, you know, whoever it is and taking that script and making it their own. Is that is that kind of an experience you've seen? I, in most of, in most of the people I've hired, and even if they do struggle with training in the beginning, like getting the scripts down or or learning the jargon because the inspection industry is <laughs> the real estate industry. If you, I've been in it for four years and there's still a whole bunch I don't know. But if they have that genuine warmth, that positive mental attitude, and they're coachable, you can you can really train them through um, you know a lack of knowledge and, and build up those other skills for them. 
So let's talk about training a little bit. So how do you, what's, I know you get, you're very intentional about it, mm-hmm. taking people through a process so they're successful. What are some of the components of that process as they relate to being customer oriented? So you're not just training people to answer the phone effectively, mm-hmm. right? And crunch in as many as you can and it's all about revenue and amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. How does it, what are the customer services things that you put in their processes and procedures? So we have what we call the five-star call. Um, Yeah. And so in that initiative, we have five points that we want every one of our reps to hit during the phone call. And all of them, well, four out of the five are customer service focused. So having a good greeting, making a connection with the client, thanking them and congratulating them. And then there's a couple others. So we start there. I... I like to get our trainees on the phone as soon as possible so they can really start talking to clients, hearing how that conversation goes. They can work on their rhythm and their cadence of that phone call. We do a lot of role playing and we do a lot of workshops that are involved around overcoming objections and soft skills training so that when you're talking to a client, you can hear the things that they might not be saying outright so that you can help them mm-hmm. a little bit better. So I'm how does uh, how do you think that you mentioned that earlier on the the call close rate increasing? Mm-hmm. Those things that you focus on that are customer oriented, is do you see a correlation between that and the close rate? Oh absolutely. And especially when you fine-tune your soft skills, I like to think of every call you have is you have to be very individualistic with whoever you're talking to. So it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Yes, we have this five-star call that we want to get through with all of our clients. However, um, with better training, you can have calls with all sorts of people and and really understand what they're needing from you. Like it's a first-time home buyer that's freaking out. You're going to want to take some extra time with them and really go over what is included um, and really give them some peace of mind. Whereas if you have an agent that's calling, this is their 90th you know, transaction with you, you don't necessarily have to take it that slow. But there's still some part of that call where you can make a connection with them and, and make it a good experience for them. And so in the call center, you're also not just talking to potential buyers at home. Sometimes it's their agent who calls in, correct? Yeah. Is there a difference between talking to those? Two? Um, yes. <laughs> if you would ask my team, yeah, they'd say that's pretty different. Um, With agents, I just want to sound, when I'm speaking with them, I just want them, I want to sound professional and I just want them to know that we've got it handled. You know, we have it taken care of because they've got a lot on their plate too, just like a buyer does. And the last thing they need is someone on the other end of the phone that, that, that has to ask a lot of questions that doesn't necessarily know what they're doing. So I really just try and, and up um, my professionality when I'm talking to them. So when we talk about, um, you mentioned the knowledge that they have of inspection kind of industry or, you know, what's going on. I think you guys are pretty intentional about that, aren't you? So you're, I, I'm pretty impressed sometimes when I hear the call center talking about certain issues with people on the phone. Mm-hmm. They have an understanding of what's happening on an inspection and how to answer some questions. How do you, how do you help build their, you know, Knowledge, product knowledge, that's the term I'm looking for. All of them have actually taken uh, one of your classes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that That's a funny thing to mention, right? Because it's almost like sometimes I feel like we all need to be licensed home inspectors in the call center. 
because the array of questions that we get, I mean, it's just so quirky. I mean, I've been, you can never figure out all of them. So the first thing that we do is all of our reps have to do mandatory write outs with inspectors. Usually they do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We go on site with the inspector. It's usually a lead inspector so that they can see from a client's perspective, everything that's being, that's getting done during that inspection. We also do that once a year, because if you do it just when they first get hired, there's still so much they don't know. And then if you do another one after, you know, a year, then it's really helpful. So I also think um, they have pretty good perspective too, because they're trying to serve the inspector as well, right? Mm -hmm. So they get a better idea when they go on site, I would imagine what's happening at different different time frames Mm -hmm. of that period that the inspection's running. So if I call an inspector at this time, they may not be able to answer or you you know be careful. Or if they call right up against the the time limit of when the client's supposed to be there for the verbal presentation, they may be a little stressed, but you're now conscious of that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I know you put a lot of uh, work into building scoreboards and KPI key performance indicators. What are some of the ones that are that are around customer service that you've used? We have several scoreboards every quarter. One that we're getting ready to launch is around our five-star call. So for quarter four, we want to have an average of a 4.5. I mentioned that to the team yesterday. So I'm really excited to see what they come up with and what their idea is. So you have, so you right there, that's important, I think, to start me as important. You let the team come up with some of the KPIs. Mm-hmm. As in a discussion format. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll usually come up with, you know, our main initiatives. And then I, I work with them on creating, okay, what do we want that that number to be like? It's no surprise. We have a sales goal every quarter, but I work with them. If they, if, if I ask them for a number and they lowball me, mm-hmm. then I just encourage them to, to know that they can achieve higher than that. But that's the biggest piece is you have to get buy-in from your team. If they're not invested, they're not going to try as hard. And that takes a lot of mindset shifting. And what I've realized too is we kind of have a herd mentality now. Mm -hmm. So the whole team is focused on the scoreboard. So if you're not contributing, that's kind of, that's not the norm. Mm -hmm. So you really have to contribute to be a part of the team. It's kind of a team accountability. Oh, yeah. Uh And let me tell you as a leader... That's a beautiful thing to see. One time I walked into the room and I had told them, hey guys, we need to have the scoreboards done, you know, by the end of the week. I walked into the room and, you know, two of my team members were on the floor drawing on the big dry erase marker, creating the scoreboard. And they were just having this open conversation about, well, if we did this, then that's going to help us track this. And well, what about that? And I actually took my phone out and recorded that (laughs) because as a leader, I was like, I want to remember this moment because there's a lot of times when you feel very discouraged and like, you're not, you're not doing enough or you're not being enough for them. So I had to, I had to record that just so I can can save that for later. in those times that I don't feel like I'm doing great. It just seems like that having that team unity, right. And bond around that just will really drive customer service. It's because they care. Yeah. Rather than they're fractured into individuals. Mm-hmm. And just, you know what I need to do because I'm ready to go home and watch some show or something. Like that. And they hold themselves accountable. So it's not just me, you know, from high up, you know, saying, mm-hmm. Hey, you're not doing this. That's just their, their self. They're holding each other accountable instead of me having to do it. So I think there's a, I've heard you talk about this, that there's a new kind of initiative. So it used to be that the call center 
one call center was just mm -hmm. doing inspections. And then there was a concierge call center that helped people after the inspection with whatever services they might need as they transition to owning that home. Mm -hmm. And now y'all are kind of bringing those together. What's that looking like? What do you, what are some of the challenges and opportunities in doing something like that? So I think the initial challenge was we had gotten very good at what we were doing, which was just everything up into up until the inspection. And I think there was there was some resistance with adding extra responsibility that we didn't know if we were going to be able to handle or or be successful at. What we found is we were really shortcutting ourselves or short short changing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we've been able to take on those extra responsibilities very easily. And I like it better because when that client calls us now, we don't have to transfer them to anyone else. So whoever answers that call can help that client from the start all the way to the end of their, their journey. Oh, neat. So you can really build a relationship that mm -hmm. way. Okay. So, and then I also think one of your other new projects is beginning to Put yourself in a position as a call care center to provide that service to other inspectors. So that's important for what, you know, we're training new inspectors. At some point, you know, when they're trying to enter the field, they have to do their own marketing. They have to call, answer the phone themselves and schedule or doing it all. But you can help build their business, really, by providing this service. So what are the things that you're trying to put together to help an inspector do? So, um... I'm glad that you mentioned that. We have um, actually acquired our very first client that we are now offering our call center services for. And I'll just go off of kind of his story was that he was working so much in the business and not on the business. And when you're a one-man show, you really have to work whenever the business is there. So he didn't get a whole lot of family time. And that was kind of an opportunity or a way for us to live through our mission with him is to provide him the opportunity to have time with his family outside of work. What I have been able to give to him is starting the conversation around KPIs and what sorts of things you would want to track with your call center so that you know that they're performing well and you know- So you all set goals together. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we meet every month, we have a KPI review oh. and we go over a couple things that um, we have decided together are important for him to know. In addition to that, you know, one of- well, that's, a real, let's yeah. talk that's a real customer oriented type of, of, of factor that you're doing, that you're trying to give there. It's not just, you know, we're trying to grow your business, but it's a evolving conversation, right? Mm -hmm. With him. That's really neat. Yeah. And like- let me show you, let's work together on this so that I'm enriching your life, that you're learning from me and you can take this on, you know, if you decide eventually you want to bring your call center in-house and have your own team, then you're learning things now that you can implement then instead of just kind of keeping everything so secretive. Mm -hmm. So if someone were to call you and want to kind of engage you as maybe their call center or your, their specialists for answering and scheduling. What would you, what are your kind of promises? What are you, what are you going to try and deliver for them? So for that first initial call, I, I really just want to hear from them, you know, what's going on, what, what is making them, you know, want to make this decision so I can better know how to help them. And again, it's, it's offering that individualized approach. Sometimes people just want to know our numbers, like what our close rate is, what our response rate is, 
how many missed calls do we have in a day? But then sometimes people people just want to know about our mission, vision, and values. Mm -hmm. So I really try to communicate that with them because then it it gives them the peace of mind that, hey, customer service is our main priority. So you can trust that at the end of the day, no matter what our decision is, it's going to be with the customer in mind and that we own up to our mistakes because we're going to make mistakes, Mm -hmm. but that we will fix them and we'll learn from them and and do better. That's fantastic. So if uh, if you're interested in and learning more about the opportunities with the call center. What do y'all call yourself now? <laughs> super customer care. Okay, super customer care. You can get with Katie and call at the super inspector number 940-367-1708 or email at Katie, Katie at your super inspector. Katie would be glad to talk to you about how she can help uh, your team or you individually grow into a team. Uh, and as always, we're looking for opportunities to train more people as your business grows. That Super Inspector Training Academy offers the qualifying education as well as continuing education for your inspectors here in Texas with Trek to get them on board and get them moving forward. And we're just glad you joined us today. And so until next time, be safe, be super. Bye.